And we are live once again, coming to you from the city of brotherly love, none other than Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, broadcasting from and hanging out in the WWDB 860 AM studios. You've tuned yourself in to another episode of the Health Coach Ev Show, where we are leveling the playing field around physical and mental health. What that means is we are bringing you the best ideas for what actually works for managing health issues, not just what has the most money behind it. By the way, I'm your host, Evan Transu, a.k.a. Health Coach Ev. You can reach out anytime or check out my work at evantransu.com. Well, we got a fun one today, and thankfully, no video on Facebook. And I say thankfully because it's allowing me to be in slippers. You know, I didn't really shower before we came. It's, it's a great thing. Also in the studio, we have my girlfriend who's going to be doing some co-hosting today and helping out with the ads. She's back once again. Fallon, how are you? Good morning, everyone. Are you ready to have some fun? I'm ready. Awesome. All right. Calling in all the way from Kansas. I believe that's correct. Right, Brendan? Absolutely, man. All right. We got Brendan Vermeyer, who's not only a colleague of mine, but honestly a mentor, someone who's helped me out a lot with learning functional medicine. I want to tell uh, a little bit about him. He's a functional medicine consultant, mental and metabolic health researcher, educator, writer, and speaker. He is a board-certified holistic health practitioner, master nutrition coach, master personal trainer, USAW sports performance coach, and CrossFit trainer. He began his career as a personal trainer and nutrition coach at the age of 19 after disappointingly being medically discharged from the United States Navy SEAL training pipeline due to an injury. I did not know that. After being exposed to the power of functional lab testing in the start of his career, he began intensely pursuing that as a career path which has led him to be widely regarded as one of the top leading experts in metabolic health and functional education. I can vouch uh, for the truth of that. It's pretty damn cool to have him here today. He's the proud owner and founder of the Metabolic Solutions Institute for Functional Health and Fitness Practitioners. And when he's not educating doctors, practitioners, and professionals, he's um, helping clients and helping clients overcome their most severe health struggles or producing cutting-edge scientific education. Brendan enjoys all things fitness and is probably working out. (laughs) He also enjoys anything in nature and any activities that expand his heart, mind, and soul. So Brendan Vermeyer is also known as the Holistic Savage, and we are very glad to have you here today, man. Thanks for coming on. Oh, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me. I have I have so much fun with these types of things, and I consider you a brother, so it's an honor to be here. Absolutely, man. What's always been fun is like we're two, um, you know, I sometimes forget because you've done so much in the space already. You know, it's just fun to be two guys under the age of 30 really uh, trying to help out in this space and bringing this to our generation because, you know, it's something our generation I find is actually very open to, the functional, natural side of things, but that doesn't necessarily mean uh, they have the education about it yet or uh, get to really learn from the people that we get to learn from. So I feel blessed that we got the knowledge that we did at the time that we did. Um, all right. Well, today we're going to be talking a little bit about functional mental health. And now you guys know mental health is such an important topic and story for me, uh, something I have a personal story with and something that functional medicine basically resolved for me. With Brendan today, uh, one of the things I always love to do with our guests is get a little background and just you know hear about your story and what really got you into the space. I know you started out as a personal trainer, but um, unfortunately, Fortunately, slash fortunately, because fortunately, it's very motivating. Um, the unfortunate part is that we, a lot of us got into this space because of things that we dealt with, though. And um, Brendan, I'd love to hear a little bit about that today. Maybe some health complications you or and anyone you even loved uh, maybe dealt with that led you to where you're at today. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, you know, I, I think the um, functional life chooses us. We don't really choose the, the functional life. Mm-hmm. And so to your point, I think anybody that really 
finds functional medicine and, and works their way into this space is usually because they're trying to navigate their own uh, health challenges and, you know, getting to that root cause and trying to go a little bit deeper than our current conventional system is, is really willing to go. So, right. you know, with that said, I'm really no different. And it's really fun for me to get to educate other professionals and doctors and travel and speak and whatnot, because I'm, I'm one of you all, like I'm a truth seeker. So I really look at science as the objective pursuit of truth, whereas, you know, my spirituality and spiritual practice is more the subjective pursuit of truth. And so I say that because before we get maybe too lost down the uh, semantical rabbit hole. I was uh, expecting that today, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, kind of have that that grounded truth. So when I was uh, 17, I actually started scrubbing toilets at a gym. And then as a teenager, I, I think I really was struggling with what was later diagnosed as major depressive disorder and ADHD. So I actually was formally diagnosed when I was 21, but the first time I was put on a psychiatric drug was when I was 17, and, and that was Zoloft and SSRI, uh, which did not make me feel better at all. It made me feel worse, and of course now we're seeing all of these lawsuits and stern black box warnings on some of these psychiatric drugs because of their uh, potential risk of you know increased suicidal thoughts and, and actions. So it was really when I was medically discharged from the Navy SEAL program, which as a kid, I just had this sort of samurai mentality that I had taken from my background of martial arts, which was really my first passion. And I wanted to serve a higher purpose, but I didn't really know what that meant or what that looked like. And so as a teenager, Uh, and maybe also sprinkling in some low self-worth or lack of confidence and so on and so forth, kind of that not worthy syndrome that so many people wrestle with kind of on that deeper esoteric level. So I wanted to be like an MMA fighter, or then that turned into Navy SEAL uh, when I read the book Lone Survivor, Marcus Luttrell's story. And I've always been kind of an obsessive, (laughs) driven personality. And so I just went head first into this Navy SEAL thing. Uh, But I think, you know, God sourced the universe had other plans for me because Mm -hmm. I was about halfway through boot camp when they found I had an inguinal hernia. And so since I hadn't graduated even from basic training, well, you're not a sailor and we deem this injury pre-existing, therefore it's not our problem. So you're going home, right? So that was, you know, that sucked. <laughs> and uh, it kind of felt like my life dream life plan ripped away. And that on the psycho-emotional side mixed with certain genetic and epigenetic predispositions to depressive and ADHD tendencies, um, I started declining. And so it was during that time that I was working hard to try to get back into the spec ops program. But you know, I, I will say not to go into too much detail, but I think it's important to know, like, it's really not that easy to get into the military in the first place, mm-hmm. let alone the special operations program. And so this is where um, I spent about a year trying to get back in. I was 
working at the gym again, scrubbing toilets, and just nothing was really happening. So I, I really started getting very depressed, and I felt like I didn't have purpose, which is so essential to be healthy psychologically and physiologically. And so that's when I got certified as a trainer because health and, and fitness in particular was such a big passion of mine. And in a lot of ways, a fitness career was almost like a backup plan, right? Mm -hmm. yeah, so yeah. that's that's where it was a very organic pivot for me. And I'll be honest, the, the company that I started my career with, it's a, a very science-based, evidence-based kind of holistic approach to health and fitness. And so I got exposed to all sorts of really cool you know, exercise physiology and nutritional biochemistry and lab testing and metabolic testing and VO2 testing. And honestly, I just fell head over heels in love with it. And, you know, here we are 11 years later. Um, but I digress. As far as the health struggles, though, they continue to get worse. And in a lot of ways, becoming a health professional actually made me more orthorectic, more neurotic, more obsessive and controlling uh, and so that mixed in with a, a very toxic relationship. I actually, when it was February of 2014, um, I found myself waking up in the intensive care unit, breathing out of the tube after what was an intentional drug overdose on my antidepressant Wellbutrin. So I wish that I could say that that was my rock bottom, but it actually got worse from there. Mm -hmm. So. After I, I spent, I think it was four or five nights in the intensive care unit, like two or three of those nights was in a medically induced coma while they were pumping my stomach and, you know, flushing my whole body and trying to get my liver enzymes out of the thousands because I'd done severe liver damage. Uh, and then after that, I was transferred to a psychiatric ward at a different hospital where I was literally locked up for like three or four days, however long I was in there. I never got to step outside and get fresh air, sunlight. There was nothing but just processed uh, cafeteria hospital food. It was a horrible environment. Many of the people that were in there were so heavily medicated that they were just sedated. They were zombies. All the, the soul had really left their eyes and they just kind of trudged through the hallways. And the psychiatrists that were obviously running the show, you know, they talked to me like I was just a naive child and I was this broken thing. And so I had to do all of these meetings with the medical doctors, the psychiatrists, and my family, and they just laid open every detail of my life. My sense of privacy was gone because of course they're just trying to dig in of what's wrong with him. Why would this ever happen? Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. So it was literally the most uncomfortable thing I, I could <laughs> really go through, but I worked through that. And then I went back to my work, but I had to do nine hours of group therapy every single week uh, as part of the discharge plan. Uh, and meanwhile, I was starting what, what turned out to be a, a very toxic relationship um, where, you know, I was in this sort of kind of narcissistic, empathetic uh, dynamic, and we were actually living in a, in a water damaged home. Uh, which I didn't, at the time I was a holistic health and fitness professional. I didn't know anything about, you know, all the stuff that I teach now to doctors of, you know, mold illness or microbiome stuff or methylation or, you know, all these cool sciencey subjects. And so I literally went through two and a half years of just what was the most challenging thing I've ever gone through that has really transformed me as a, as a man, as a human, as a professional. And it really 
steered me hard in functional medicine space and helped me transform from holistic health and fitness to really functional medicine person, professional. Um, and that's what got me so into mold illness, which, you know, I'm a big advocate. Yes. Of. <laughs> and uh, it was really interesting to see how each person, because there were five of us in the household, there was me, my ex-fiance and her three young children. And to this day, not that this is necessarily relevant for this story, but to this day, I'm convinced that she was suffering from extreme mold illness. But uh, I'm, I'm very sad to report that I never got the chance to confirm that or help her with that. And she actually just took her life this past year uh, at the end of 2020. So it's been um, a hell of a ride to, to get to where I am today. But it's such a a blessing to be able to share my experience and, and share what knowledge I've accumulated to to help other people that are very much struggling with their health. So wow. there you have it. Yeah. Well, I mean, hey, I just want to thank you first and foremost for your transparency. I mean, guys, Brendan and I, yeah, we know each other and I know bits and pieces of the story, but there was a, a few big things there um, that I certainly didn't know. And what's really interesting, and it, it's such a weird aspect of life because it doesn't just apply for health stuff. It applies for so many things. When we go through these experiences that challenge us in such intense ways, I mean, all those things that you're listing, I mean, by themselves are enough to be life-changing events. There are some people that are just, I don't want to say luck, but for my own situation, I would call it luck when I had these rock bottom points. And we are lucky enough that it triggers this wanting and desire to go fix this thing and use what we learn to help other people um, almost as you use the word obsessive level uh, desire to just get stuff done and I would never wish any of those experiences upon you or anyone else but oh man it made one hell of a practitioner and we're going to be learning some of the amazing things that he has learned over uh, the last several years as he's gotten into this space right after these quick commercial breaks. Tired of talk radio shows that are nothing but Trump, Trump, and more Trump? Looking for something that actually has some relevance to your life? Then tune into The Pennsylvania Project. Hi, I'm Ken Krawchuk, host of The Pennsylvania Project. Our mission is to showcase the political, cultural, and environmental challenges facing contemporary Pennsylvania, and we're all about solutions. So tune in Mondays, 3 p.m. here on WWDB, 860 a.m. in Philadelphia. When the problem is same old, same old talk radio, the correct solution is the Pennsylvania Project. Hey, Val, how's it going? Not so great, Health Coach Ev. It's the holiday season. What? Shouldn't that mean you were merry and jolly? Well, I'd like to feel that way, but my family is coming to my house this year. That means I'll have to deal with the embarrassment of my dog, Skippy, jumping all over as soon as we walk in the door. Oh, that old Skippy. Hey, I have just a solution for you, though. Have you heard of Eric Katz with Cats, Dogs, Canine? Cats, Dogs, Canine? Yeah, Cats, Dogs, Canine. Eric Katz is a great friend of mine who has been in the dog business for years now. He offers doggy daycare, boarding, and training for Bucks in Montgomery County. The guy's got more five-star Facebook reviews than you can count, and he even won Best of Montgomery County for boarding and pet training. So you're telling me that Eric can get Skippy to finally stop jumping on people and embarrassing the heck out of me? You bet. I actually lived with Eric for a while and saw him fix issues like that in a matter of two to three weeks. The guy's a dog whisperer. Okay, okay, I'm in. Where can I find him? You can get in contact with Eric by heading over to catsdogsk9.com. Cats is spelled K-A-T-Z. That's catsdogs, the letter K, the number nine, dot com. When you give him a call, tell him you know Health Coach Ev. 
And we're back. Welcome to the Health Coach Ev Show, where we are leveling the playing field around physical and mental health. I'm your host, Evan Transu, a.k.a. Health Coach Ev. In the studio with me is my girlfriend, Fallon Morningstar, helping out with ads, doing some co-hosting, and calling in all the way from Kansas is Brendan Vermeyer, a.k.a. The Holistic Savage. Uh, Really just honestly starting out the hour amazing, uh, pouring his heart out being fully authentic and transparent, and we really appreciate that. Um, And you can probably see, or you're going to be able to see, why this guy uh, knows so much about what he does because he's had a lot of things uh, that have inspired him to do so. So, Brendan, thank you again for sharing your story. I want to get in now to some of the stuff that people need to hear. And listen, we are on the radio, um, so is everyone out there listening going to be able to uh, go as deep as I know Brendan Vermeyer can. <laughs> Probably not. However, um, I don't necessarily want you to hold things back with that today. This is saved as a podcast where extremely relevant audiences do get to hear these episodes. Um, so to the degree that you feel comfortable, we can dive into some of those topics. And I'm sure um, some of it can be toned down or simplified so that the average person could still digest this. But we're talking about functional mental health. So let's just start out with like, where do people start with functional mental health? And like, why do we have uh, such, a, such a mental health crisis? So actually, let's do that in two parts. Why do we have such a mental health crisis to begin with from a functional perspective? And then where can people start if they're trying to get a little bit of a grip on their mental health. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I really appreciate what you said. Ultimately, you know, I, I have nothing to hide and, and I've, it, my journey has been my own and, and I've done the work to heal myself. Right. And so that's where I look at it as it's the least that I can do to really share bits and pieces of, of my story. And, and this kind of segues right into what we're talking about here, because ultimately I think there's so much stigma and taboo that hangs over the subject of, of mental health because it's so it's so misunderstood and it's so convoluted and the narrative that we've really been fed about mental illness uh, is just so reductionistic and, and incomplete because when you actually start digging into some of the statistics about mental health, I mean, we absolutely are in a mental health crisis, or, or dare I say, a mental health pandemic, because ultimately, depression is the leading cause of morbidity in the world today. Mm-hmm. It costs America and many other countries around the world uh, just millions and billions of dollars every year from time lost and uh, near suicide uh, or near death um, suicide attempts. Right, so. It's a huge burden on our economy, on our healthcare system, on our just public health in general. And I really try to bring light to that and helping people understand like, hey, you know, one in five Americans are on some sort of psychiatric drug. And even just in in between mid-February and mid-March of 2020, we saw an increase of about 30% on psychiatric drug prescription fills, which we were already by far the greatest consumers of psychiatric drugs in the world in America. (laughs) And and (laughs) I I really uh, attribute that to just the standard American uh, lifestyle that we've really created. And of course, we're one of two countries in the world that allows direct to consumer marketing of psychiatric drugs, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't think people really know that. But you know, every time you turn on your TV watching, you know, I'm watching my Kansas City Chiefs, they're about to get their second Super Bowl title. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I'm watching the Chiefs, right? And and it's like, okay, here's your fast food commercial. Here's your pharmaceutical commercial. Here's your fast food commercial. Here's your pharmaceutical. And, oh, you know, have you 
uh, been diagnosed with cancer after being exposed to glyphosate, like you might be entitled to compensation. That's the world that we live in. And then, of course, you know, don't even get me started on the censorship of uh, social media. So (laughs) we just have this very reductionistic message. and, And I would just go as far as to say everything about the standard American lifestyle and culture directly promotes, facilitates, feeds and perpetuates all sorts of chronic diseases. Right. And so, you know, we have the big ones that everybody knows about diabetes, which approximately 45% of the entire American population is pre-diabetic or diabetic. Uh, Metabolic syndrome and obesity, we see that about 70%, 70, seven out of 10, 70% of the American population is overweight or obese. And a new research paper that came out in 2020 is saying how 88% of Americans are metabolically ill. And we know, like we see very clear evidence that any sort of metabolic disturbance, metabolic syndrome, metabolic dysfunction absolutely increases the susceptibility of any sort of immune compromised state. It lowers our immunity, which I'm not you know, here to go into the, the big subject, the elephant in the room, but I think you guys kind of get where I'm going with that. So <laughs> yes. it's just, it's absolutely astounding to me. And it's, it's weird because I'm a young guy and I'm, I'm just a truth seeker. And so I just don't even understand how we've gotten to where we are as, as a nation, as a culture. And so uh, I think it's really important to understand that what we call mental illness, first off, you know, I, I don't like the phrase mental illness. I, I would rather say mental health dysfunction mm-hmm. because, you know, mental illness is like, oh, you, you have something wrong with you. There is something inherently broken within you. And so you know, you have to, oh, gosh, like, hi, I'm, I'm so-and-so, I have major depressive disorder, like, there's something wrong with me, but that doesn't make me unworthy, and I just need to find the, the right medication cocktail to keep me chemically stable for the rest of my life, right? Right. Like, that's, that's like the narrative that we're being fed, and it's so disempowering, where ultimately, if you look at chronic disease comorbidity statistics, we see that 90% of individuals that have been diagnosed with major depressive disorder have at least one other chronic condition, and about 40% have five plus other chronic condition comorbidities. So ultimately, the, the point that I'm getting at here is I look at depression and anxiety, ADHD, a lot of these mental illnesses as really a comorbidity of the chronic disease pandemic, mm-hmm. right? Wow. Well, and that brings up the subject of kind of inflammation versus biochemical imbalances. And um, obviously, many people out here are going to be hearing Brendan for the first time. But one of the things that you post, Brendan, that I love is that, you know, mental health issues, you know, obviously, we all use our own terminology. I I do agree with you, though, that mental um, illness is it does imply something that's probably not true. But you talk about how these mental health challenges, let's call them, uh, can actually be the result of inflammation versus like, okay, just low serotonin or too high of dopamine. Can you explain um, what that actually like? Why is inflammation uh, causing so many issues in the mental health realm? We don't need to go into why people are having inflammation. I mean, we kind of just explain that it's the standard American way. But what's wrong with the narrative that says, oh, well, you have depression, so just take this SSRI and we're going to you know, inhibit the reuptake of serotonin and you're going to be fine. What's wrong with that? Yeah, absolutely. So this is this is kind of funny where, you know, on my my Instagram, which is kind of my primary platform to just pump out information, 
you know, sometimes I get people that troll me and they're like, oh, you're oversimplifying uh, the science here and where's your citations. But then if I go too in depth on the mechanisms of the science, people are like, I can't understand what you're what you're saying. So it's kind of like damned if you do, damned if you don't. But, um, you know, this is where it's like, well, I mean, I, I, I lecture to doctors for a living and, and but then I try to boil it down to make it very simple and understandable for for anyone so it can educate and empower them. So the thing with inflammation, I, I would go as far as to say uh, <laughs> I would go as far as to say that inflammation is really the thing, the mechanism that underpins virtually all sorts of mental illnesses. It is the driving factor. Now, yes, there's absolutely a genetic epigenetic uh, component to that, especially with some of the more severe situations like paranoid schizophrenia or bipolar or autism spectrum disorder or even ADHD has a more pronounced epigenetic or, or genetic susceptibility, genetic weakness uh, factor to that. But inflammation is really the mechanism that, that drives that. And so with what we've been told and what we're being fed and handing out you know, psychiatric drugs uh, like Halloween candy from general practitioners that are not doing any sort of investigation. And like I, like I said, I was first put on an antidepressant at the age of 17. There was no blood work done. I wasn't, uh, I never met with a psychiatrist or a psychologist. It was just, here you go. Here's something to make you feel better. Family practitioner type person, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yep. Exactly. And, you know, within like 10 minutes. And it, so it's, it's just kind of nuts. Now, here's the thing is the narrative that we've been fed is these mental illnesses are the result of chemical imbalances in the brain, right? So you're, your serotonin, your happy hormone, dopamine, your reward and pleasure and focus and motivation, or GABA, your anti-anxiety hormone, or glutamate, your kind of anxiety-inducing and excitatory neurotransmitters. So the neurotransmitter, or, or really what, what scientifically is the monoamine model of mental illness, it's not incorrect. It's just reductionistic. It's uh, a little uh, myopic because you know, I think what we need to be asking is, well, but why are your brain chemicals imbalanced, right? And so all of these drugs, they really focus primarily, like you, you already said, you know, the selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. So it's, it's doing that. It's literally blocking the protein that sucks up the serotonin out of the synapse. And so it's giving the serotonin or whatever neurotransmitter in question just a longer time to exert its neurotransmission effect to the brain cells, if that makes sense. So that's the standard these days. But the thing is, you know, when I say this and I'm preaching this through the internet of, well, inflammation is really what drives this, you know, sometimes people, because, hey, they're really attached to their belief systems, right? And mm -hmm. hey, that's that's fine, but I, I don't think if, if you, are applying scientific logic, you can't get too attached to an idea because as we've learned through the history of the human existence, we're usually wrong. Like it, we're usually wrong and it's just a matter of time before science illuminates that. But the thing is, it's not like big pharma doesn't already know this. The vast majority of the scientific literature is because they're trying to study these molecular mechanisms so that we can create a new class of drugs, something that's better, that next generation. So this is where I think, I, I love to say this, big pharma is already working on a new class, a new generation of antidepressant medications 
that are focusing on blocking inflammation, not getting to the root cause of inflammation, not, not trying to ameliorate what is actually triggering the neuroinflammatory cascade, but just blocking the, the pro-inflammatory signals. So there's actually a drug that's currently in phase two clinical trials, and it's an interleukin-6 antibody drug, which really just means it is a drug that will bind and neutralize uh, the pro-inflammatory signals. So that's cool, that's fine, but here's, here's the problem with that logic with these immunomodulatory drugs is, okay, well, you can block the signal and maybe that improves the symptomatology and makes somebody feel better, but shouldn't we be trying to kind of reverse engineer that and figure out what's driving the depression? And, well, wait a second, if you're inhibiting the immune system's ability to communicate and initiate a pro-inflammatory cascade, what's the major problem with that? Well, it lowers immunity and it increases the risk of any sort of infection. So this is the science that we're, we're, we're dealing with, but of course this isn't common knowledge, right? Yeah. And well, the problem, Brendan, because what you just said was really great um, until the part where we talked about actually lowering inflammation, like really lowering it in the body, because there's no proprietary blend for that. There's no patent for that. That just requires, you know, education and actually doing the work. So, um, you know, not the first place that the pharmaceutical companies are going to go. And, you know, Brendan's a very objective guy as well. It's not that pharmaceuticals are bad. These are life saving drugs. I mean, um, and well, just life-saving things in general. Brendan's actually referenced before that pharmaceuticals at a time uh, saved his life, or Western medicine rather saved his life. So it's not that we're anti-Western. It's just that you got to understand how these companies make money. They're not making money by actually teaching you how to get healthy. They're just trying to remove the symptoms. And I know we're going to talk about, uh, as soon as we get back after this break, a little bit more about what we can actually do for inflammation. And then, Brendan, I want to talk about some of the things that you did for your mental health. So we'll talk to you guys just in a second after these quick commercial breaks. Hey, everyone. It's Health Coach Ev here. A few questions for you. Are you listening to this show to better your own health? Have you tried changing your diet around, maybe even seen some results, but aren't quite where you'd like to be? Are you tired of playing guessing games with which supplements to take or being told that your blood work looks normal, even though you certainly don't feel so normal? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then I have an amazing opportunity for you. Right now, you can be coached by a practitioner certified by the exact same program that I always reference as being the main contributing factor to restoring my health, functional diagnostic nutrition. FDN practitioners are part of a group of elite health professionals who are highly skilled at identifying healing opportunities that no one else has uncovered for you, which I can attest to myself. They use cutting-edge functional lab testing, and through these tests, they'll be able to show you the hidden causes of your chronic health concerns. For me, it was these FDN practitioners who were finally able to explain to me why I had dealt with over a decade's worth of mental and physical health symptoms and what I needed to do in order to truly heal my body. There's a very limited number of people they can currently work with, and in fact, you'll have to on the wait list. Make sure you don't miss the next opportunity to work with one of these incredible professionals. Go to fdnthrive.com and click the Get Started Here button. That's fdnthrive.com and then click the Get Started Here button. When you were a loved one would do better mentally with something more than what you were currently doctor is doing, head over to the Patient Experience Center at dhalab.com. View their advanced brain chemistry consultations to quickly and easily test and optimize with an MD. 
Take brain health in your own hands today with a 10% discount. Use the code HEALTHCOACHEV when checking out for a 10% discount on any test and consultation service. And again, that's dhalab.com. And we're back. Welcome to the Health Coach Ev Show, where we are leveling the playing field around physical and mental health. I'm your host, Evan Transu, a.k.a. Health Coach Ev. We got my girlfriend, Fallon Morningstar, on the ads and about to do some co-hosting, <laughs> finally here. And, of course, Brendan Vermeyer calling in from Kansas, talking about functional mental health, sharing his story with us. Um, Brendan, those uh, ads sound familiar to you at all, by the way? <laughs> Brendan's very connected with both of those things. I think, uh, wasn't it you who even brought DHA to FDN? Yeah, that, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty cool. So um, all full circle here. Uh, definitely, Brendan is certainly connected to uh, the space, uh, which is just awesome to, again, have him on today. So what we wanted to talk about was a little more uh, inflammation now and maybe what some people or some things that people can do for that. So I know, Val, you had a question about that, correct? Yes, Brendan, we know that inflammation can be caused by a whole slew of things, whether that be our diet, our stress level, you know, pollution, any sort of things like that. And I'm wondering if you can list some specific things that you do to kind of lower your own inflammation or help your clients to do that. Yeah, absolutely. That's, it's a really good question. And, and this is definitely uh, kind of the center of my work these days is, is trying to elucidate these mechanisms and, and help people understand what they can do functionally and holistically to lower what I like to call the inflammatory load and, and toxic load, toxic burden. So there's a lot of factors, obviously, and, and we have to keep in mind that inflammation, of course, is generally a beneficial thing. This is how the body heals itself. It's how we re- remodel tissues. It's, I like to think of it as like a, a forest fire, right? And so there's going to be a difference between a controlled fire or something a little bit smaller that might actually help clear the land of debris and recycle those nutrients back into the soil so that new life can emerge, right? So it's very similar conceptually with how our body uses inflammation to ultimately allow new cells to come into the picture and really thrive as we clear out those old damaged cells. But these days, we're really facing this uh, chronic inflammation cascade and, and pandemic that, you know, I, I think it's pretty well accepted even in the mainstream that chronic inflammation is really what drives chronic disease and so i'm trying to really elucidate how that's not any different with the mental health conversation and so obviously there's a lot of major factors but i've kind of boiled it down to five or six of kind of the the top factors and we can certainly discuss each one if we want but just trying to to give a lay of the land and not necessarily in any particular order, but I would say number one, uh, big pro-inflammatory factor that we all need to be cognizant of is going to be psycho-emotional stress and unresolved trauma. So we actually see a lot of emerging psychosomatic research that's showing how early life stress, early life trauma or PTSD, and it doesn't have to be that really horrible acute trauma. It can be a little bit more mild and kind of chronic stress, chronic uh, trauma and psychoemotional distress. So these factors cause all sorts of HPA dysregulation, neurolimbic dysregulation, and it actually changes our epigenetics. It changes the way our genetics are communicating with our body and increases what we call inflammation, which is just a fancy way of saying age-related inflammation. Mm. So I, I do want to just bring light to the psychoemotional component first and foremost, because 
as I feel like 2020 made very, very clear to the world, I don't think our, our nation has ever been more just distressed at the psycho-emotional level. So that's going to be number, number one that I want to speak to. Number two, uh, I would say probably one of the most prevalent, one of the biggest drivers is going to be hyperglycemia. So like I said, with about 45% of the American population being diabetic or pre-diabetic or insulin resistant, uh, the majority, the majority of the country has some degree of hyperglycemia and insulin resistance. And we do know scientifically that this hyperglycemia, this insulin resistance, these advanced glycation end products, it does cause oxidative stress and initiates this pro-inflammatory cascade in your brain cells on top of basically other every other tissue in the body. So this is where opening that dialogue around nutrition and blood sugar management, which is obviously a whole discussion in itself. Mm -hmm. So that's a big one. Number three, I would say, and actually so far, these are kind of in order in, in a way. Uh, of course, you know, everybody's going to have sort of a different mixture of these factors, but nonetheless, Number three, I would say is gut health. Uh, so certainly the gut brain axis and gut health is, is becoming a very popular and sensationalized and also kind of a bandwagon, which is a little silly, but at the same time, it's not wrong, right? You know, we're on to something there. So certainly kind of that, that second brain, that enteric nervous system in the gut and a lot of our neurotransmitters are made there. And we've got trillions of different microbes that make up our unique garden of life that is our microbiome right so we have the microbiome of the gut and the skin and sinuses and all sorts of cool stuff but we do see all of this amazing uh literature starting to emerge that's really showing how these different microbes can get a little bit out of control a little bit naughty most americans do have some degree of quote unquote dysbiosis and just an unhealthy gut and this causes all sorts of different microbial born toxins to actually get into the bloodstream and that causes a massive uh what we call cytokine storm in in the research this big uh push of pro-inflammatory signals so gut health is going to be number three let's see number four i'm going to say nutrient insufficiency actually because man you know the the standard american diet not only is it tons of just pro-inflammatory processed food but it's also very nutritionally absent, right? We, we have this, this nation that is very overweight, yet malnourished, right? Which that's so paradoxical. How can you be overweight and overfed, but you're still malnourished? And it's like, well, because we're not eating nutrient-dense food, obviously. And so this is where your average American has multiple nutrient insufficiencies. And if, if we don't have those key nutrients that help us fight inflammation or fight oxidative stress and keep this stuff under control, allow our immune system to keep things under control, well, then it just exacerbates the whole problem, right? So, of course, there's a lot of other factors, head injury, you know, TBI, concussion, any sort of actual physical damage to the head will initiate that pro-inflammatory cascade. But we even see things like social isolation and loneliness uh, can very much play into that that stress response that really drives inflammation. So, you know, these are just a few, just a few of some of the, the major factors at play. And of course, there's that genetic component, but this is where we can reverse engineer that and use this information of, okay, what can I do with my, my sleep hygiene, my nutrition, my exercise, my, you know, supplementation while working proactively and responsibly with my healthcare provider 
so that way people are taking some ownership and empowering their own health, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Awesome. Awesome. So one of the things I wanted to uh, just go back to real quick is the mention of hyperglycemia, which is high blood sugar for those out there and blood glucose rather. And what's super interesting, and it's something I don't really share as often, mostly because I don't think many people are going to understand the relevance, but I've always been like a leaner or skinnier dude. And you do not need necessarily to be overweight just to be experiencing um, high blood sugar or you know, pre-diabetes or even diabetes, although obviously they're typically associated together. One of the things that I am so glad I remembered because once I finally got into the functional side of things um, and connected it, I found it fascinating, was that when I got in trouble in high school, I got arrested and sent to a juvenile detention facility, and they are running tests on me like basic stuff but they're also you know giving you like a tb shot all that stuff and the woman asked if i needed my insulin and i said to her what do you mean and i knew what that was because my uh grandmother so type 2 diabetic so i'd seen someone use insulin but i don't use insulin i've never used insulin in my life and she's like well do you need it for your blood sugar and i'm like i don't use insulin and she said well your blood sugar is really high like when's the last time you ate and you know we went through all that or whatever so i was walking around um, in a very, you know, kind of high blood sugar state, hyperglycemia. Um, and it's just interesting to wonder how many people's mood and actions are affected by being in that kind of hyperglycemic state. And like you said, that's pretty much the majority of Americans. So um, I kind of wonder, like, do you think a lot of maybe these little even arguments or people just being irritable or, or doing things that they wouldn't normally do? I mean, can that just be because of something like hyperglycemia? Yeah, absolutely. And and this is where it, looking at some of those factors that I just mapped out and, and the other one I, I did want to mention, too, was just the uh, high toxic load of today's toxic environment with all of the, you know, the, the parabens and phthalates and xenobiotics and glyphosate herbicides, but, you know, all of that stuff, the heavy metals on top of the radiation, the EMF, the 5G that we're all just cooking in. So uh, all of these factors you know, hyperglycemia or emotional stress or trauma, nutrient insufficiency, all these things, everybody is dealing with some degree of each of those, right? And so this is where sometimes I think like in the in the functional medicine space, we really love to chant root cause, root cause. And it's like, well, it's not ever just one thing, Mm -hmm. right? It's a compilation of numerous uh, input signals that are all exacerbating one another. So But yeah, you're absolutely right. Like even just the hyperglycemia by itself. So this is why it's so beautiful is, yeah, you can get down into the nitty gritty science, but it really just brings us back to common sense of like, what are we doing as a nation? And this is where, you know, having my background in functional fitness and holistic nutrition, um, it kind of amazed me when I came into the functional medicine space, I assumed that we were all on the same page. And uh, I was mistaken, you know, a lot of these functional medicine doctors, I'm like, have you ever seen a push up? Uh, you know, and, and, and so, honestly, I, I would go as far as say the functional fitness movement and like CrossFit, for example, I would say that has done way more for public health than the functional medicine industry, to be honest, because wow. We we don't need to overcomplicate it. We don't need to do thousands of dollars of testing all the time. We don't need to follow fancy, expensive protocols all the time. That's that's just people orthorectically searching for a quick fix. Now, there's a time and a place for that. Absolutely. I work with a lot of complicated cases myself that goes beyond the standard American metabolism or what I like to call good old Uncle Sam. 
So, but for the majority, it's a much more simple equation, right? It's let's get the nutrition under control and eat real food that's clean and organic and not covered in glyphosate. Let's move our bodies to the full extent of its capacity. Let's limit our stress. Let's sleep like babies. It's, it's the basics. Mm -hmm. So I think way too often people are literally, uh, and maybe unconsciously, but they're, they're sort of subconsciously spiritually bypassing the basics, spiritually bypassing their unresolved psycho-emotional distress, and just like, well, what labs do I do? What supplements do I do? Give me a protocol that makes it all go away. Right. And that's just not the right thinking. Oh, man. Oh, man. And when I was going through um, your mentorship, it's kind of like, it just reminded me, you know, that not everyone is going to need these tests. And I've actually applied that. And you can find those people so easily that are just actually they're, they're looking for Western medicine, but in a natural form, more or less. Right. We have to change actual things in our lifestyle and habits to get better. Um, and I want to talk about some of the specific things that you did to get your health where it is today, right after this final commercial break. Hey, if you are a parent who wants to understand the mental health challenges your child faces, then Lucas Wolf's new book, My Perfect Life, How Depression Almost Ended It and How I Found My Purpose Through Pain, is for you. Through goofy, relatable stories, you'll see the world from the eyes of someone silently battling depression. More importantly, you'll learn how Lucas found hope and purpose through his pain. Get a copy of My Perfect Life today. Available on Amazon by searching Lucas Wolf, and that's Wolf with an E. Does the ban pandemic have your hair looking a little funky? Do people stop and glance at you while you're walking down the street? Folks, hair salons have been open for a while now. It's time to get that haircut you've been procrastinating. And when you do it, you should head over to Hair Envisions in Ottsville, PA. Hair Envisions is open Tuesday through Saturday. They specialize in coloring and also offer keratin treatments that give your hair a smooth finish. Hair Envisions offers haircuts for all ages, so you can bring the entire family with you. Schedule your appointment today by calling 610-847-8894. That is 610-847-8894. Tell them Health Coach Ev sent you. And we are back once again. Welcome to the Health Coach Up Show, where we are leveling the playing field around physical and mental health. I'm your host, Evan Transu. We got Fallon Morningstar in the studio, Brendan Vermeyer calling in all the way from Kansas. And oh man, this stuff just goes by too fast. So I want you guys to do me a favor, okay? Go to the podcast. You can send messages there. You can go to evantransu.com. If you want to hear more of Brendan and you'd like an off the air episode where we're a little unrestricted and unfiltered, saved on the podcast, shoot me a message, say, we want the holistic savage and uh, maybe brendan and i can work something out for a little part two but for our final little bit here um got about 10 11 minutes left in the show brendan i think one of the most important things to talk about today is the practical side of all of this and not that some of this wasn't practical but you know for the average listener listening in the greater philadelphia area right now i'm sure even some of this could have went over their head so where is a first question is where is your health at today because we don't ever pretend to be totally perfect i mean i'm sure you still have your bad days but just so people have an understanding i mean you're going from you know severely depressed majorly depressed at one point and where are you at now would you say uh absolutely you know honestly i i feel amazing i i'm living my dream and uh it's it's a really cool feeling because i'm creeping up on my seven-year anniversary from almost dying 
um, which is cool. A little celebration of life. And uh, I feel great, though, genuinely. <laughs> like, you know, if you saw into my day-to-day life, I mean, first off, just turning my pain into my purpose and I get so much fulfillment out of my career and it's, it's going so well and I'm doing all sorts of cool stuff these days. But if you saw my day-to-day regimen, like what I do to really optimize my health, like it's a lot, it's, it's very, very different than the, the standard American way of living. So I've crafted this regimen. I've crafted this lifestyle, a true way of living, not, not a temporary program or protocol or diet or any of that. It's, it's a way of life, right? So I feel better than ever. I, I honestly don't really have bad days much anymore. Uh, I'm, I'm operating at a much higher vibration that, you know, I, I don't know if I ever knew it was possible, to be honest. That's amazing. All right. Well, then the biggest question is, and listen, obviously we understand, well, I want to make it clear to everyone that these are not generic recommendations necessarily. And what has worked for you might not always be the answer for someone else. But I am curious if you could rattle off a few of maybe the biggest things um, either that you found or uh, habits that you have that have made you or allowed you to feel amazing today, because that's a hell of a big difference from where you were seven years ago, like you said. Yeah, for sure. And, and I definitely want to give some some tangible, tangible, actionable, you know, things for people to be considering. So, you know, certainly this is where like when I'm when I'm consulting with private clients, you know, like I said, I, I do I do attract a lot of just more chronically ill complex cases and it, it's a different ball game. And, and I say that because, again, like the majority, uh, you know, maybe 70 percent roughly kind of that standard American metabolism, good old, good old Uncle Sam, it really is just a, a game of the basics, right? Which I think just requires a really good health coach and an individual that is ready, willing, and able to take some ownership of their life and, and do something differently. And there's a lot more to that, you know, conversation for another day. But I want to point out, I, I, you know, being somebody, I've, I've been health conscious my whole life. I mean, when I was in height, I've always been an athlete. I've always been fit. I've always been pretty lean. Uh, I always ate really much cleaner and healthier than the average bear. My my obsession and interest with nutrition started when I was in like fifth grade because I very quickly realized, you know, what you put in, it changes what you're able to put out mm. into the world. So um, my point with this being like I was already in that sort of, you know, upper um kind of area of living what many would call a very, very healthy lifestyle. And yet I was still so metabolically ill. I was still so depressed. Right. And there's a huge genetic conversation that plays into that. But some of the key things that even being a very health conscious, healthy, fit, active person, some of the key things that I found through my functional investigation was for one thing, I was I, I am severely intolerant to gluten, and I didn't know that at the time. Uh, so certainly identifying some of those key food intolerances, whether it's gluten or dairy or, well, gosh, just all the glyphosate you're consuming through, you know, and sugar. So, but even if you're eating like a clean whole food diet, hey, you know, one man's uh, medicine can be another man's poison, right? So that bioindividuality on the nutrition is crucial. And I think these days, We've grossly <laughs> overcomplicated nutrition of like, oh, vegan and keto and intermittent fasting and paleo and all these rules. And it's like, maybe we should just eat real food that's sourced as clean as possible. And then 
we can kind of, you know, experiment to find what things sit well and what things don't. So uh, the food sensitivities and the gluten intolerance, that was a major part. Uh, some of my own unresolved psycho-emotional trauma, stress, and being in a very toxic relationship, that certainly didn't help. And like I previously elucidated, hey, that psycho-emotional distress is a major driver of brain inflammation that, that causes mental health dysfunction. Uh, I don't think living in a moldy house was really very helpful. So certainly mold illness, that's its own big subject. But hey, everybody gets exposed to some point and it can absolutely really wreck some people. So that was a big part. Uh, and then I would say the genetic and nutritional side was kind of the other thing. I, I do have some key genetic mutations that, that do make me more susceptible to ADHD behavior and depressive behavior. So, you know, the food sensitivities, the gut health, uh, addressing key nutrient deficiencies, getting out of the toxic environment, both literally and psycho-emotionally. So those were some of the key things that I had to do to then be able to transcend uh, some of that severe depression. This is so amazing. And I really appreciate, I mean, you just have such a wonderful mix of the Western functional natural sides. It's really awesome. I, I like that you brought up genetics because that's kind of how I explain to people, like, how do you have some individuals who are so damn sick in one way or another, and yet they're the person with the biggest genuine smile on their face. They're still, we all know these individuals, right? Like they're happy as hell, even though they're almost dying from whatever disease that they have. Mm -hmm. Whereas like, I, I don't, I can't speak for you directly, but it sounds like we're the same. Um, for me, one of the first symptoms I show is irritability. I get down, I lose my motivation, and that's why I need to take my health so seriously because when I'm on, I'm on, and that's great. But if I go away from the things that I've learned to do, uh, that that doesn't go so well uh, for very long. Um, now, one of the most important things here, we got about uh, three minutes left in the show. I want to know where can people find you, and I know this is a little unique because you're not necessarily, from my understanding, just working with you know 40 or 50 different clients at this time. I mean, obviously, you're a busy guy doing your lectures and stuff, so maybe describe who your ideal person to work with is, what you're offering nowadays, and then, of course, again, where people can find you. Yeah, no, I, I really appreciate that. I, I have a very diverse professional life and, and I love it that way. You know, I, I do have a good mix of, you know, I might be traveling and, and lecturing to doctors at conferences or doing stuff like this, podcast webinars. But um, my primary platform is my Instagram at The Holistic Savage, where I just like to put out meaningful content that hopefully educates and empowers people. Now, certainly my personal business, Metabolic Solutions, we have the Institute, which is where I train professionals like yourself. And I couldn't be, you know, more, more proud of you and, and how well you soaked up all that information in, in the mentorship that we just wrapped up. So the professional education is one side, but I do. I work with private clients and I have some high profile clients and just people that live down the street. So uh, they can always email info at metabolicsolutionsllc.com if they want to get in touch. We're on, you know, we're not hard to find. If you Google Metabolic Solutions LLC, it'll pop up right away. But we're always trying to, what we're doing right now, we're, we're trying to scale and we're trying to figure out how can we help more people reach more people um, at a lower price point, you know. So we're, we're talking about making more of like a membership format. I'm actually working on writing a book right now nice. because, you know, if all we ever do is, uh, line up and knock down, you know, one-on-one -on -one people like, hey, one-on-one -on -one is a very beautiful experience. But I, I think education and empowerment is is really the way to go. And, and so that's where, where I'm trying to head. Awesome. I mean, yeah. And I always forget that 
I mean, you bring this up often, but it's something that I just don't think of at the front of my mind for some reason that you are so passionate about bringing this stuff to people in an affordable way because that is one way the system has, uh, you know, screwed people yet again is maybe you do. Uh, need or at least you would greatly benefit from some of the more um, extensive lab testing well guess what folks insurance isn't going to cover that um sometimes like why are we advertising a blood work place it's because sometimes your doctor won't even give you the damn blood work that you need and you're going to have to go out and pay for it yourself Uh, this stuff is not necessarily cheap so i think that's very honorable work that you're doing brendan and i cannot wait to uh get your book that's for sure so thank you so much for being here with us today man once again Oh, well, thank you so much for having me again. Like I consider you a brother and I'm very proud of you with what you're doing with this platform. So it's really, it's really an honor and a privilege to be here. So thank you. Awesome, man. Hey guys, listen, you know what to do. EvanTransu.com and let us know, do we got to get the Holistic Savage back on? I'm going to have a feeling that we are. And everyone, I want to thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Health Coach Ev Show, where we are leveling the playing field around physical and mental health. As always, I'm your host, Evan Transu, aka Health Coach Ev. And we've been talking with my girlfriend, Fallon Morningstar, and Mr. Brendan Vermeyer out of Kansas. And as always, you can get in contact with me by heading over to EvanTransu.com. You want to learn more about Brendan, go to at the Holistic Savage on Instagram, or you can email info at metabolic solutions LLC.com. That's info at metabolic solutions LLC.com. We'll be back next week where we're talking to a mentor, another mentor of mine, actually, Ryan Monahan, where we're going to be diving into the topic of mold. Do you have it in your home? Is it causing health issues? We'll find out then. See you next week. 